right now this is an audio podcast, but Brett and I have video connections, so we get to smile at one another. I'm ensuring our listening audience that we are dressed from the waist down, I think, at least on my end. I don't know. I can't you can speak. only see my face. You can only see your face. Got nothing left but it ain't bringing me down. I'm just gonna follow the sound. Greetings and welcome to Ned Talks on the Tamarian Social Podcast. This is the show where we have conversations around the world of rugs and design. Listen to stories, discuss topics that interest and intrigue us, hopefully learn something and have fun celebrating the people who comprise the Tamarian universe. This is Ned Talks, and I'm your host, Ned Baker from Tamarian. Thank you for joining us. Today I talk with Brett Mugalian, third-generation owner of Mugalian Rugs in Portland, Maine. Brett helms Mugalian's newly renovated showroom in downtown Portland that serves both retail and designer clientele. Mugalian's has focused more recently on strengthening their relationship with the design trade, and I have had the pleasure of experiencing firsthand how Brett interacts with this tight-knit community of designers in Portland. It's a well-balanced combination of casual friendships and professional camaraderie that has proven successful in a booming main market. To get a better sense of this interaction, Brett invited friend and client Tyler Carew from Tyler Carew Design and Interiors, also based in Portland, Maine. Tyler joined us a bit later. First, I talked to Brett one-on-one about his family history with rugs and him stepping into the business and promptly moving his showroom closer to the booming action in the heart of Portland. I was also sure to get clarification on the pronunciation of his family name, only to mispronounce it seconds later. Well, I'm here with my friend, Brett Mugalian, and uh, he's graciously joining us today for uh, another podcast episode of Ned Talks. How you doing, Brett? Good, Ned. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm excited. I'm yeah, excited. so am I. Look forward to it. Uh, am I pronouncing the name of your company right and your and your last name? I, I wanted to ask that. I yeah, I mean, everyone has a little bit different spin on it, but uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, I say it as Mugalian. Mugalian, but... okay. Well, I want to say it the yeah. way you want to hear it. I want to hear it however you want to say it. I was going with the ah, but I'll go with the A now, the Mugalian. I could be down. Yeah, different vibe, different, yeah. you know, depends. Yeah. Depends on what accent you're using that day. Yes, yeah. Brett is joining us from Portland, Maine, where he has his showroom, Mugalian Rugs. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a third generation rug guy for my family. My my grandfather's uncle really is what got our family into the rug business. You know, it was the first rug store in Portland, Maine back in the in the 70s, uh, late 60s and 70s, early 70s. Um, my grandfather worked for him for almost 10 years and then decided on a whim to buy this farm out in Buxton where he had horses and, you know, race horses for for numerous years and then started a little rug store that right in the back of the farm where they built a small showroom, which is actually, uh, I live in that house today. It's where my dad grew yeah, up. Are you in that room right now? I'm actually, yeah, we are, yes. we are, we are in the room where, where the, the first rug, Mugalian rug store actually was. They started that uh, in the late seventies. They ran the business out of the farm for almost 10 years. And then in 1988, my dad built them, about an 8,000 square foot building in Scarborough, Maine, which is uh, seven miles from Portland, not too far out of the city, where we operated there for, well, from 1988 until we moved in September of 2016 into the city, uh, into Portland, uh, which has been great. New showroom, bigger clean rug cleaning facility, which has been good. 
Portland in in the time I've been going up there and even in the short time we've been hanging out has evolved so much and seems so much more it is. like a if you take this little hub of Portland, which isn't really a big city compared to Boston, right? You know, like where our store is, it's like the hippest beer capital of Portland and coffee. Um, you know, so good beer, good coffee, all in this like one little block that's really transformed. You know, we, when we moved to, it's called East Bayside, when we moved down there five years ago, four years ago, two or three years before that, you would have never gone down there. It was sketchy. You know, it wasn't a great place to be. And this, this little area has just developed. It's just changed so much. We've been there four years and the amount that I've seen it change in those four years, it's, it's almost weekly, I would say. And did that evolution really inform your move to the downtown area? Was that It kind of was like the hub for where people were and where Scarborough wasn't that far away. It, it felt like it was just far enough. So yeah, what's nice with us is that we're not in the downtown space where you don't have parking or you know you have to park in a garage and then walk to us. We have our own freestanding building uh, with two parking lots, two small parking lots. So it's, it's super convenient. To, to everything. And like I said, most of the time when customers come on a Saturday, they're in shopping for rugs and then they're, they're out walking around the neighborhood, uh, grabbing a beer or a cocktail somewhere. This is Jesse Kohler from Tamarian and you're listening to Ned Talks on the Tamarian Social Podcast. Back to my talk with Brett Mugalian, who was telling us about the great community around his showroom in Portland. I was curious if he had found any success in collaboration with the neighboring businesses. So do you collaborate with any of these local businesses in Portland? What's Portland doing as a city to kind of help you and, and promote what you're doing? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's um, what's nice with Portland is it's, it's, a, it's a pretty tight-knit uh, community just in general. So like in our little neighborhood, we have a few art galleries and a few uh, interior design showrooms. And so as a as a neighborhood, um, like in our little East Bayside neighborhood, um, we all just collaborate real well together and help promote, um, help promote each other. There's a, we just had an absolutely fantastic art studio open up right across the street from us. It's called Cove Street Arts. If you get a chance, pop over to their website and take a peek. Um, just an absolutely phenomenal gallery. It's, I would, you know, I'd say it's probably seven or 8,000 square feet. Uh, they highlight main artists, uh, you know, a new one every month, I believe it's, it's, it's really neat. And it's a, it's a, it's a pretty cool vibe. Great building too. And what, what, um, I know it was, it was repurposed. A, um, it was actually an electrical, an electrician's building that half of it was warehouse space and the other half was offices and that kind of thing. And we kind of just left the warehouse space, but then we gutted all the other, all the other space. And we just made it this one, you know, one big showroom that's, you know, cinder block walls, 30 foot ceilings, um, very industrial, but very casual compared to what we had in Scarborough as well. How much your business would you say retail versus trade? And I, th I think now, uh, you know, if you'd asked me when I first started six years ago or seven years ago, I would have said, you know, 70% retail, 30% designer driven. Uh, now I would probably say 80% designer driven, 20% retail. Hmm. And has that changed your presentation in the showroom at all? And I wouldn't say as much. We're just a, a very low pressure sales showroom. So it's not like walking into Bob's Furniture where someone chases you around and just a small family business that 
we're here to work for everyone. You know, we're involved in the community and, and, you know, been around for long enough. Yeah, and I get the sense when we've done some calls and, and had some events, like you're tight with your designer clients. And yeah. I, you know, that's what I really started to, to work um, on. I've been in the business for a, a year or two and they're just such great people. And I feel like they've helped us so much and, you know, we provide them with a great service we bring rugs to their to their the homes that they're working on, so their clients can see them. You know, we we do a lot of the legwork, uh, which is absolutely fine. Uh, I, I actually I enjoy that part of it quite a bit. But yeah, the the relationships with with them is is great. And you know, Tyler Crew is going to hop on with us uh, in a little bit. Uh, you know, she's absolutely fantastic interior designer and um, kind of a we'll get into with her too. There's a relationship that goes back quite a ways. Uh, my grandfather used to sell her mom rugs back in the day. So um, maybe even before Tyler and I were really even around. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to Tyler and uh, get her perspectives. And so in terms of servicing a design account, what do you do to, to keep a w- working firm engaged? Uh, it's, it's kind of crazy to, to think, but you know, what's really helped us stay in, I think it's always important just to stay active and in front of them, whether it be uh, pictures of new rugs, um, you know, or a reminder in the mail that we do rug cleaning, um, a quick email to see, you know, how was your holiday with your family? Um, but, you know, a big thing for us that's been, that that's really helped our designer business has, has been Instagram. Mm. Um, and I think that has changed the rug industry quite a lot from, for a lot of retailers, but, you know, it puts you in front of a lot of people of, and it doesn't take a lot of time, a quick post, you know, Hey, Ned and I today went to this interior design group and showed them all the new product. And it just, it's people like it. And then you, then you start getting inquiries. And so I would say, I mean, you always have to hustle it. It's, it's constant, but I mean, Instagram by far is for us has been like the easiest way to stay in front of people. Yeah. Maybe like kind of walk us through what would happen when you have a, a new rug that you really like and you want to get it out there to your people. Like, you know, let's say you see, you see the rug at market, you know, maybe you're receiving that rug sometime after that. Are you doing anything yeah. even before you receive a piece? I think like what you and I have talked about doing in the past is making the the cards Yeah, with the wool samples on them. For those of you who don't know, Tamarian, we produce a render with yarn tabs of the actual production yarn. And it's short of a sample or a rug, of course, it's, it's the best way to sort of convey something new. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, I think for us together, that's probably like the next step. So when we go to show this fall, we order 10 pieces that we all really like, you know, we get the cards made and then where it might take four months to have those rugs made, you know, we can display the cards in the showroom. What's been the, the call for, for new things? Like, are you finding that's a constant question being asked? Yeah, it's, you know, it seems like right now that it, uh, color is doing very well. Um, you know, a, a lot of color, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, if someone says, well, okay, what's your best selling rug? It's like, it used to be Dwarika mint. Oh, we had a good run on the old Dwarika. Yeah. You could, you could ask, uh, you could ask Mr. Saliga about the Dwarika mint. He'll tell you. Yeah, there was a minute there. We just, you couldn't have enough. It was like. No, it was like, I remember calling Chris after we had, we had only had it for like maybe a year or so. And we were in there like every time we had, we just order an eight by 10 and it would just, we just sell it, sell it, sell it. 
And I would say, finally, I called Chris, and I'm like, Chris, I want every size. And Dwarfy come in. He goes, every size? I said, every size. I want three by five, four by six, five by seven, six by nine, eight by ten, nine by twelve. He's like, he's like, okay, I'll order it. Dedicated and, room uh, just for you and Dwarfy come in. That was my jam for quite a few years. Yeah, and it, and like you said, I mean, it's not a huge market you're in, so to have that kind of run. Yeah, I mean, I anyway. think we had we had three really good years with that. Yeah. And that rug actually is always comes back up. Sort of it does seller list. It does coloration. It's a good. It's a, it's a good piece. The color is good. It's a great. Uh, it's a great coastal, you know, main rug for sure. Um, and then we've, you know, I mean, Oracle Zenith has been a good piece for us. Um, you know, popped popped a few of those, and um, Plank Pistachio has been um, been very well received too. I know it's an older design for you guys too, but um, and then you know, no noho. I mean, I would say the nohos are, are doing fairly well. Um, simple, but just so much more sophisticated looking than a piece of carpet. Yeah, textures seem to be a good fit with your market. Yeah, and, yeah, and certainly when we hit a big color, that Oracle Zenith. For those of you who don't know, the rug is a very bright orange uh, and sort of a turquoise. So it's a it's yeah. a hot palette, but um, a bit of a and it's kind of like design, a, a bit of a transition, yeah, like a traditional design that's been tweaked a little bit. Um, it's a good piece. I mean, we've we've sold we've sold quite a few of those actually. Yeah, that's that's a good piece if if you're selling stuff with color because I mean the orange in that too is warm. It's not a like a bright bright orange and it's got some hemp in it too. So it's you know it gives some texture and some warmth. It's it's a great piece. And are we is the Tamarian rug typically in a setting with other rugs? Are we mixed in? Yeah, uh, like for one of the Oracle Zenus that we did, which was actually really neat. It was uh, this this one big room, and actually Tyler did this room. Um, and it was Plank Pistachio on one side, Oracle Zenith in the middle, and uh, a Noho. What's the beige one? That one, yeah. And a Noho. Yeah, that one. <laughs> the um, beige. On the end. So these are three, you know, three nine by twelves that are all in one space, like a, a living room, a dining room in the middle, and then down on the end, a little bit more of a sitting room off the off the kitchen. I would say we pair quite a few of Tamarian's things together. Uh, there's a lot of coordinates that go well together. And if you have something that has a little bit more pattern, like that NoHo is a great, uh, great rug to, to put with something like that. Okay. You want to go first, Brett? Oh, you can go first, Ty. Okay. I am Tyler Carew from Tyler Carew Design and Interiors, and you are listening to the Tamarian Social Podcast. And now, an exciting new feature to the Ned Talks and Tamarian Social Podcast, Mailbag. Our guest for this week's Mailbag is none other than Tamarian's own Jesse Kohler. In addition to being Tamarian's office manager slash cat wrangler, Jesse also acts as de facto clothing oracle for staff and anyone else who's lucky enough to wander into his view. In particular, Jesse possesses great knowledge regarding footwear, which makes him the perfect person to answer this week's mailbag. Hi everyone, Jesse Kohler here to answer this week's mailbag question, which asks, Dear Tamarian Social, I attend several major trade shows a year and spend long days and even longer nights walking and standing. I've tried several different brands slash types of shoes, but was wondering if you could share some industry secrets on your choice market footwear, what you pack to prepare for hoofing booths all day, and pressing the flesh into the wee hours. Thank you. Signed, 
woof, woof, barking dogs. Well, barking dogs, this is a question that I truly love and take to heart. For me, there's several components to this. I used to wear drivers and loafers to markets paired with a, a thin sock, and they worked well and looked well, but after a week on the hard floors, it was not good for the barking dog. For me, I always want to keep something that's feeling fresh and cool, but also very comfortable when I'm in the showroom. But what we do, you can't really look like a schlep and try and sling cool rugs. So your shoe game has always got to be on point. Streetwear now has taken over the fashion industry and it's made it a lot more acceptable in our industry to get away from a standard loafer or driving shoe, which I do wear on the weekends when I'm at home, but not when I'm going to be on my feet off. So for us, for me personally at trade shows, when I'm away, I'd have to also pack shoes in a bag. So that's going to come into play with what I'm going to be doing. So I'm usually at a two to three shoe uh, maximum for, for my packing. I want to make sure I have something that's versatile that I can wear with pants or shorts. I may have a blazer on. I may have a polo shirt. Uh, most days we're with clients in the showroom and working on our feet and then immediately going to dinner and then uh, out a little bit later at night doing some dancing. So you need to be rocking footwear that keeps you looking cool but comfy. So currently my trade show's shoe of choice is a Nike drop type. I have three pair. I do a, a white, a black, and then a mid-cut navy blue. These keep me kind of uh, nice and comfortable. I can wear them with anything that I have. Pair them with jeans, I pair them with shorts. If I even do a jean cut khaki, I can rock them with those. In addition, I'll go with one of the classic and totally cool shoes of all time, which is an Adidas Stan Smith. There's other ones that have been, you know, I, I can put into the repertoire. Bands are always a great call. They're kind of a light and easy casual shoe, but nowadays you can dress them up too. And if you want to go super fancy, there's a great brand called Golden Goose. They have more of a, it's an Italian shoe that has a worn look to it. So that's also a good choice. An important component to this as well is do not, not, not forget, forget your socks. You've got to have a great pair of socks throughout the week. Personally, I go with stance or a pair of Bombas, depending on what I'm going to be doing. And um, that's usually what keeps my feet rocking and rolling through these, uh, through these wooly times of the trade show. Great question, Barking Dogs. Can't wait to see you and your new shoes at our next trade show. Be sure to send future mailbag questions to social at Now back to our conversation with Brett Mugalian of Mugalian Rugs in Portland, Maine. Brett invited his friend and client, Tyler Carew, from Tyler Carew Design and Interiors to join us to talk about the dynamics of their working relationship, how a showroom like Mugalian supports a designer, and give us some details on the techniques they use to satisfy high-demand projects. All right, I'm here with my friend Brett and uh, his friend, and vicariously my friend, Tyler Carew. How are you, Tyler? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing great. Really appreciate you uh, participating. And oh, I'm super excited. Drugs are like my favorite thing ever, and to get to talk about them for any amount of time is great. Tyler does a lot of business with us. Her, fa I mean, her family's been doing business with us for, I don't even know how long, for a very long time. Um, and her business has grown a ton since just the amount of time that I've known her. Um, you know, we started to do a little work back when we were in Scarborough together. And then really when we moved to town, you know, we both just kind of like, I feel like we both grew together and it's yeah. been great. It's been one of those things where like, 
you among a few other people, we've kind of, you know, found similar success at the same time, I suppose. Yeah. You know, I kind of, like I told Ned, like our business has changed so much, right? So we used to do like 80% of our business, I would say used to be like retail, like customer off the street. Like your mom comes in without you and buys a couple rugs and, and now it's like the roles are like reversed. It's, it's like 80, 20 the other way. I don't know. It's just like more of a connection. And it's, I just feel like it's much easier. So is it easier because we already have a level of, you don't have to educate us or like what makes it easier? Yeah, I think so. Because I think like one of the biggest things too, is that you've already pre-qualified the customer. Right. Like, you know, you know, we sell stuff that's $2,000 and then we sell stuff that's $15,000. And so you already know when you come in, like, listen, this is the budget for three rugs or right. this is one rug, like this is the budget. And so it takes like, I can instantly, and like, we know what each other likes too, because we work together so much. Right. So it's like, all right, well, I know exactly where to go. Right. And you get it. And so when you get a retailer off the street, it's much more. There's, there's no vetting process. You have there, there's not. It's like, cause I hate to ask people too, because I just think it's pushy. I hate to be like, Hey, what's your budget? Really ask about budget as a filter because you mentioned one of the maybe early pieces of information you'll have Tyler is, is a budget mm -hmm. for this particular product mm -hmm. um, but we know you know that that begins to really kind of whittle away certain product and and kind of narrow you into certain things do you do you bring budget is that one of the first things you'll tell Brett as a showroom well I typically try to have this conversation with Brett like prior to the clients coming in. One of the things that I try to do with all of my vendors is not waste their time. So I don't want Brett to have to, you know, pull through every single rug in the shop um, on behalf of my clients. So we try to get squared away prior to regarding budget, regarding use. I mean, use is a high, you know, priority item as well. Um, so. Brett and I try to have that, I try to have that conversation with Brett prior to meeting, bringing the clients in. Um, Do you typically was, always bring them into the showroom? Yes. However, we have um, clients that are remote that we're really not able to, but Brett's able to work with us in terms of getting samples and making sure that we're provided with the material that we need to either send something off or get it approved on site. Um, you know, that has never really been an issue where, you know, we've, I've presented a number of things to out of town clients based on either just samples or photographs. And we've been able to get to, to select the right piece for that space. Um, bringing them in though is usually what could be the catalyst for changing the budget. So, for instance, I do try to be very respectful of a client's budget. I'm not the type of designer that's going to be like aggressively pushing them out of their comfort zone. However, if there were a piece that I did that on, it probably would be a rug. So when we're in the shop, um, we've, we've had a, a number of times where we've been in the shop and clients have had a budget in mind and they've seen the rug that's totally perfect. And they're able to be the ones to say, you know what, that's, three, $4,000 more than we wanted to spend, but it's, it's perfect. And we know we can have it forever. Um, there's just not a lot of pieces in design that you can say, we know we'll have it forever.
a short pause. Hopefully you found this episode through one of our many social media accounts. Be sure to follow at Tamarian Social on Instagram and Twitter and like the Tamarian Social Facebook page for exciting content such as this podcast. Getting back to our chat with Brett Mugalian and designer Tyler Carew, Brett makes the excellent point about Tyler giving him the time he needs to offer a project the most options and how Tyler manages her clients' expectations from the onset. I think like what's nice too like with the projects that Tyler does is that she gives herself enough time that like, you know, I mean, we have times where she comes in and she's like, hey, like, dude, I need a rug next week. You know, flip, let's rip through these stacks and like, we'll find something. But like this one we're doing now in Kenny Bunkport, it's like, well, the rug has to be made. And well, it's not a big deal. You know, I don't care if it takes five months, you know. And so like when you get a job that's like a year out, not only does it, it opens up like for us, it's, if, I mean, it, I feel like it's just, it's so much easier because what it, what it allows you to do is you really can come into the showroom and you can pick anything you want. Like if you if fall in love with a sample, they don't have a nine by 12 of it in stock. It has to be made. Who cares? The project's not going to be done for eight months. Well, they weave the rug in five, right. you know? And I think like, that's where, you know, that makes a huge difference. Like, you know, prioritizing a little bit, like, give yourself five or six months to work with for the, you know, for the rug. Um, then you can go custom size, color, you can do whatever you want. You know right. what I mean? And it, and it does, it makes a huge difference. And Ty, are you managing that expectation up front with a client like rug, you know, rugs we may need five, six months? Um, yes, we, we manage lead times like from the beginning. Like it's very important what, you know, running your, your own business is trial and error. That's what it is. And what I've realized that one of the things that is most, uh, you know, beneficial to my business is just the most clear communication and just full transparency. So if I can start these conversations from the very beginning of like my client intake process that listen, like, this is how much things are going to cost. I don't want to delude you into thinking that what you want that we're going to be able to get for X amount of dollars. Like this is based on what you want. This is how much it's going to be. Um, so not only are we presenting that, but we're also saying, you know, these are, you want these very high end specific custom pieces. This, this takes time. Um, and so that's something that we start, we start that conversation like the second we take clients in we try to just be really efficient. So we have kind of the initial, I feel like recently I have not had the luxury of bringing people into the shop. It's really just been me. Um, So you and I have that kind of contact and then we figure this out and then I'm able to present to a client. um, And, and and really you have no clue who the client even is. I think at at this point, I mean, there's numerous jobs where I, you know, I will, Tyler will pick stuff. I'll deliver it. Yeah, install it, and then I—I I don't even know who they are. Right. You know what I mean? it, so wouldn't even it's more like for me, like my thing is so, um, like we've done this a few times. Is after it's all said and done, I've installed the product, it's all done. Like I give her customer my business card, and right. I say, in two or three years, or if you spill grape juice or red wine on your rug, this is how you get in touch with me, and that—and then that's it. Like it's not like. Um, you know, come buy another rug for me on the side or like whatever. It's like, you know, I'm still going to like, I'm going to service your rugs until you don't have them anymore. 
I, I think probably like Portsmouth being like maybe our most productive job that was just so simple where we, the, the strategy was to really present in their home. Yeah. Um, Brett brought down a, a wide, you know, I went into the shop, we chatted about inventory, he brought down a wide selection and we rolled them out and we were able to, based on what he brought down, find a rug for each space. And then some spaces yeah. needed um, carpet, some needed rugs, and it ended up being well seamless from the point of purchasing, of course, mm -hmm. so simple. The clients were so amazing and like loved everything and trusted That's all of our, yeah, they're so great. But not just that, like, it looks like aesthetically the whole house looks so much more cohesive because they're selected by, I mean, I give Brett the credit for curating what's in his shop. Yeah. What's the quick timeline of that project? Like you come to him with the initial gig, mm -hmm. where does it all start? So I was beyond grateful to get these clients because they have amazing taste and they're so fun. Um, and they pretty much just said, we love what you do and we want you to do your thing in our house. And the first place I went was Mugalian. Um, because again, I can educate these clients and they're receptive to the education that their rugs are going to be the biggest and best investment in their house. That was literally so, like the perfect instance though of like designing from the ground up. Yes. I said to Tyler, I was like, these people love rugs. Do you ever think of like, you know, what about hardwood floors? And then we put rugs in here. And she was like, and I think you literally called him yeah. when you were standing there. And he was like, yeah, I'm good with that. So yeah. all of a sudden it went from carpet to hardwood floors and then two more uh, room size handmade rugs. Right. And, and that was really like on the suggestion of Brett, which I appreciate him for, of course, helping me do my job, which is very helpful. But the other amazing piece of that is like the two rugs, the two room size rugs that we were able to get in the master bedroom are just like stunning there. And we got to use two more incredibly beautiful room size rugs and we didn't have to kind of waste that space. Yeah. Had you picked them for a different space? We hadn't picked them. We had just, we had decided that we were going to do broadloom and just mm. carpet the whole thing. And once we shifted over to hardwood, then we, it allowed us to get the opportunity to get two new rugs. And I think one of them was in the shop and it had been one that I always wanted to use. Yep. Um, and then another one we had to order, order but yeah. it, was, it must've been in stock, yeah, but, it but it ends up that like, because it's, it's all, I mean, there, there are many different rug designers in there, Brett, like, right. There's, there's a number of different designers in there, but it's kind of curated from the same place, from, from Brett and Beth and Randall and then me. And so there's really this seamless quality to all of the rooms because it was basically one-stop shopping. And the clients are very, um, they love the fact that, I mean, they were willing to spend the money on pieces that made the most sense. And they are fully aware that they will have these pieces. If they leave this home, they'll have them when they go to their next home. Um, if they wanted to take a piece to another house that they move to, like if they do a, a second home or a third home somewhere, they can work with one of the rugs in those places as well. So they were very sophisticated in terms of 
um, understanding the value uh, and what it would bring to the space. Sounds like yeah. great clients. They were, they were great. And I think mutually our best, like yeah. it starts with the client being receptive and anxious to, um, to trust us. And we, we do our best to try to vet our clients like as best as we can. And you, you can't always do a, a flawless job at that, but, um, you know, 90 plus percent of our clients are really amazing. And it really does start with them deciding to trust us. And um, I think I am so fortunate that I don't, I, I get hired by clients that that's the type of designer that they want is mm -hmm. someone that um, thinks outside the box and that isn't going to present them with the easiest solutions and that might push their boundaries a little bit. Um, and then how I kind of, you know, it's, if it starts with an amazing client, I'm able to translate that to Brett very clearly by just saying like, these are the parameters, whether it's, you know, a budget or a use, um, you know, usage or um, dimensions or colors. Like our whole, my whole business is based on like not wasting time. Mm. And I really don't want to do that to other people. It, you know, it and sounds I, like a key to it with your technique is to do that work up front that you, yes. yeah. you know, qualified the client. You've conveyed the fact that you have an understanding of the quality of this particular item. Yes. You have experience with it. Well, and it's why like when you're, when you're dealing with a retailer like Brett, like we're relying on him to um, carry lines like to Marion um, that we can pick from. We're relying on him to carry lines that we want source from. So that's where it's curated with, because the Mugalians have decided who they are going to represent in their showroom. Then I get to go in there and, you know, narrow that down even further. So the curation goes through a few phases before it actually gets to the client's home. But I'm relying on the Mugalians to, to, maintain product that is going to keep me, you know, engaged and excited and anxious to bring clients in. And, um, so that it, 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 my vendors that do that well are the ones that are easy to kind of do repeat business with essentially. Wrapping up our conversation with Portland designer, Tyler Carew. We spoke a few weeks ago, back in April when lockdown orders were in place and we talked about what effects it may or may not have on the industry. That's what's interesting is is we're almost heading here as a, as an industry anyway. I totally agree with that. Like to me, this isn't such a crazy pivot. Like not really. Could potentially get on a meeting with you like this, and you know, it, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. There there are elements where this is kind of messing things up, but in other ways, I'm like, well, isn't this kind of the future in a lot of aspects? Like, is that I mean, I, I feel like it is. I mean, look at like what we did, Ty, with the, um, with the guy up who lives up on the East End. You text me one day and you're like, I need something that's this size. And it was right. kind of odd. I sent you like five pictures and you're like, yeah, that one. Right. And then it was like, and so it, it is like, like it has definitely moved that way. There's no doubt. I mean. It's not such a crazy adjustment. I, you know, and especially with Brett and I being kind of, physically close to one another yeah. we can do drop-offs and pickups so easily that 
you know, I don't need to spend time like in your face in the store, right. but we can still kind of relay the same information. Tyler, what, what are the challenges you have or opportunities um, now that we're working more virtually, specifically like with a handmade product that usually you have to get in front of and get your eyes and hands on? Um, thus far, the experience has been the clients that I'm working with in this like current environment where we're selecting rugs and I have a couple, you know, not that many only cause this hasn't been going on for that long. You know, I'm still trying to get used to it, but I think everyone's anxious to just do the best they can under the circumstances. So Brett, we, we presented to a client of mine in Boston who has a summer house up here, but she's really never able to make it up here. So I knew that I wasn't getting this client into the showroom no matter what. So we just sent down a huge box of samples and anything that we didn't have a sample for, I had a printed out image of so that she could see that. And it turns out that she selected rugs where I was able to send her a sample. You know, I don't anticipate that that's going to be like a detriment, this whole like working off of samples stuff, because, you know, no matter what inventory is limited and I probably would have, I mean, we've been very fortunate to have, I guess Miguelian's inventory is good enough that we typically can go in and find something. But if, if that's not the case, then we have to have a sample made anyways, and that would have been the process no matter what. So I just think it's going to be, we're going to kind of veer more toward that where we, I have to get very organized and say, these are the samples that we want to present for this house. So I think my design plans need to get more focused Mm. Um, which I'm prepared for. Um, I see it as an opportunity to maybe keep me more organized and not like so scatterbrained. But I think that the way we're going to approach it is to get our design plans more focused so that we can present send off samples um, that, and not like 50 of them. Yeah. You know, like, so we have five between five and 10 that we can send off and, and feel like, you know, we, we've covered it within this sampling. So, I mean, it's a little bit simpler. It saves me a trip to the showroom. I mean, so many, so many pros of going to the showroom were that I got to see the Mugalians. Yeah. So, you know, I miss my friends of course, yeah. but um, if they weren't who they were, I wouldn't go to the showroom as much anyways. Thanks again to Portland, Maine designer Tyler Carew for talking with us today. There was so much great stuff she had to share. We'll be sure to check back with her in future episodes to learn more. I wrapped this episode just checking in with my friend Brett, who is a new father and a fairly new business owner, so the stakes are high. But despite the uncertainty we're all facing, Brett's positive attitude and commitment to finding opportunity in trying times really inspired me and ended our conversation on a high note. Well, we've talked a lot about rugs, and of course, we yeah. find rugs to be fascinating. But, yeah, we're ruggers. But how are you doing? I just want to know, how are you doing? How are you holding up? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I mean, we've had to close our store uh, for the last two or three weeks due to uh, city and state regulations, which uh, is for the best uh, in general to keep everyone healthy. Um but you know, we've, we've been doing business in completely different ways. I mean, look, look at what we're doing right now. We're sitting on zoom, uh, you know, together, uh, talking and, and doing a podcast and, you know, trying to find ways to, to drive new business. And, 
that's what we've been doing. FaceTime, Zoom, uh, Instagram, Facebook, um, you know, Instagram more so than Facebook, but, um, you know, keep putting yourself out there and, you know, now's the, now's the time I tell people I was talking about my designers the other day. Um, you know, times will be tough for retailers for, you know, the next for well, for the foreseeable future, probably at least a few months. Um, and this is where your relationships with people, like with the relationship we have with you guys at Tamarian and the relationships I have with my designers, we'll all get through it together. Um, you know, it's going to be challenging for all of us, but you know, hunker down and, and do what you have to do, adapt to the situation. And that's, I think that that's the biggest thing we have to do right now. Yeah. It's a simple idea, but I think just flipping your perspective to say, what opportunities do I have? Yeah. I I think what people have to realize is that like, even before this whole COVID-19 is that, I mean, the world is moving to, to just so much more digital than it ever has been. And so get on the train. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of pushed us. Yeah. Well, thanks again and take care. And we're, we'll check back with you. Um, thanks to Tyler for coming in and talking to us. And um, tell us again if we want to visit uh, your website, where we would go. Yeah, uh, Uh You can also check us out on Instagram at MugalianRugs. Um, a lot of good stuff on there. So check them out. Have a click. If you go on the website, check out some of the videos that we have. Good stuff. Great videos. Yeah. Great stuff and uh, always always a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. Cool. Thanks, Ned. Thank you. Bye. I got nothing left but it ain't bringing me down. I'm just gonna follow the sound. I'd like to thank my guests today, Brett Mugalian of Mugalian Rugs and Tyler Carew of Tyler Carew Design and Interiors. You can learn more about Mugalian Rugs by visiting their website at mugalianrugs.com and follow their social media at Mugalian Rugs. You can find out more about Tyler by visiting her website, tylercaru.com, that's K-A-R-U, and follow her on social media at Tyler Elizabeth Carew. Thanks again for listening to Ned Talks on Tamarian social media, and we'll see you for the next episode. Be sure to drop something in the mail to us, social at tamarian.com. Don't, don't forget, forget your socks. socks.